Hello, dudes, dudettes, duders, and everyone in between, and welcome back to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. Today we are starting out with not a fabulous or fantastic first, but a bit of a faceplant first for the fishbowl. It's a fishbowl faceplant first. What am I going on about? Let me answer that rhetorical question right now. Michael Reesey. It is not Michael Weiss Productions. Good to know that on-air apology is officially being issued in three, two, one. Sorry about that. I guess I should have known when I walked into their office and the, the slogan underneath their logo was Eat a Reese PC and read a book by Weese. But I, I didn't take the hint. Anyway, today has nothing to do with Michael Weese. Next week, um, not to spoil anything, but maybe next week will. And maybe next next week will too. Uh-oh, that means February has no overarching theme to it. And that's okay, because we are in this together. And these people are fascinating. They really are. Today we're going a little bit deeper into the world of comedy and improv comedy with the one, the only, the illustrious Oscar Montoya. I've known him for months upon months now, and we, we discussed this in the episode. We have always been ships passing in the night, quite literally in the night between 12 o'clock and 2 in the morning. He's doing his things with Drag Race, and I'm firing off the shots, and we never really, we never get to talk. So I'm glad we finally sat down and found out the the terrific extent to which we did have things in common and we'll get into all of that today's episode is special because we are trying something new this year about halfway through the episode you will know exactly what it is that we're trying i think it works it's very fun we'll see how this plays out over several episodes and if it keeps being a hit as it was in this episode then we will continue to do it throughout the life of the fishbowl. It, you'll get it. You'll get it. And you'll see how it, it fits with the format of the show. That's it. That's all there is. There is no more ado. I've checked all my pockets, all my bags, all my underwears, and there's no more ado. So without any further ado, I give to you, 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 and especially you, Oscar Montoya. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello, you had welcome. I had tea in my mouth. That's okay. As it goes, as it goes. Welcome to the Hollywood Morpheus Fistful. is fighting Morpheus Neo. Morpheus is fighting Neo. <laughs> Uh, we have today on the show the one, the only, the illustrious Oscar Montoya. Welcome to the party. How have you been? Oh my gosh, this is so fun already. Are, are we clipping? We are clipping a little bit. I'm going to ease off that. And yes, Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Welcome to the show. How have you been? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. We um, did it. We, we did. beat 2018. You did it. I know. What? Well, you did it too. You plus you equals we. <laughs> um... <laughs> I've got I've got stuff I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you Let's about inside the Disney Vault. Oh my gosh! I want to talk to you about art to not exist. That's Ooh. what's written on my card. I want to talk to you about uh, Drag Race. Yes. I want to talk to you about comedy in general. Yes. But before we talk about any of that, uh-huh. 
Uh, I want to do five and five. Do you want to do five and five? I'm really, this is all about me today. I'm let's, sorry. No, let's let's, let's make it, it about you. Five and five. You're familiar with this. I will ask you five questions. You have one minute to answer each question. That means five minutes for five questions. Hence the title name five, five in, in five. five. Are we good? <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Uh, you will get beeps as we go. These are not, these are your friend. They're not your enemy. They right. have to let you know that the time is up because Instagram will cut it either way. Whether you keep talking or not, um, it won't be broadcast ever <laughs> After a certain point. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Willing and able? Let's do it. There's the beeps. Question one, where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up, I grew up in, uh, in Palmira, Colombia. That's where I'm from. That's where I was born. Uh, and I came to this country in Queens. I lived in Queens, uh, when I was 12 years old, and that informs all of my childhood. I'm East Coast vibes all the way, New York City, but also, you know, I got that Latino thing happening. So mm -hmm. there we go. How'd that get you to LA? When did that transfer happen? I moved to LA uh, almost four years ago. It's gonna be four years in March. Can you believe it? Uh, and I moved here because I booked a job. And oh, then hey, what was I was the job? like, it was for a TV show. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got fired from the job. <laughs> So you were acting in New York. I was. Yeah. Okay. And what got you fired? You have 13 seconds. Oh, what? Uh, I don't know. I, oh, that's okay. a really great question. I have no idea. What was the show? It's a show called, I mean, it's not running anymore, so I can say it's called. That's, that shows them. <laughs> Hope they learned their lesson. It's called Kevin from work. Uh, and uh, it was on ABC family now Freeform, I guess. Yeah. Question number two, mm. uh, what, what is, what is the must engage media, the book, the television show, the album that opened up your brain to the secrets of the universe? Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the thing that opened my mind to the universe is the thing that I first remember is B horror movies. I saw that when I was a kid, I grew up on B horror movies. It is one of my biggest passions in life. Um, it informed me that there's something about there's something comedic in horror. Uh, the, they go hand in hand. Comedy and horror are twins, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you you can't take things. It's it's a lot better to not take things seriously. Um, and that's what B horror movies are all about. It's like scary, but at the same time, it's like funny at the same time. I have got follow-up questions for that, none of which we can possibly address in the next seven <laughs> seconds. So we're gonna let it sit there. Uh, there it is. I'd love to ask you more questions, but I physically cannot right now. Next up. What is the greatest source of joy in your life? Hmm. <laughs> the greatest source of joy is, you know what? I'm going to, this is going to sound very corny, but I'm going to say me, myself. Hot damn. I, hey, I bring myself. This is how we start 2019. <laughs> And it wasn't. And the reason why I say me was because that wasn't an answer that I would have told you a year ago. Um, but I've like sort of 2018 was a year of like discovering myself and evolving myself. And I realized that I need to find joy within. Uh, it needs to be generated within me before I look for it anywhere else. So that's the answer to that question. I would love to, there's no way to address it in 20 <laughs> seconds, but I want to know about that transition from external joy and what, what external joys you were seeking and the, and how you discovered internal joy. That's like a whole, we could be doing a, a weekly series just on that topic alone. Um, so five seconds, five seconds, uh, uh, joy no. from other people. Now me, there we go. Boom. Boom. Uh, question number three, dude, I think you're going to be okay for the rest of five of five. <laughs> 
What gets under your skin? Oh man, a pet peeve that I have is, I mean, negativity uh, is contagious and it gets under my skin. That like, (laughs) that just unwilling to look into the positive side of things. It's frustrating, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because it's one of those moments where it's like, I've been there, I know exactly how you feel. It doesn't look like there's any, like any good is is coming from any situation, but trust, there's always something positive happening. And there's people that like refuse to look at the positive side Mm -hmm. and it's that really gets under my skin. This is interesting because there's kind of like the, the I'm, I'm relieved to know that you aren't of the mind that internal positivity guarantees external positivity. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And that external negativity can uh, derail everything that you're trying to build. Yes. Yes. That's a huge relief. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I can't wait for the rest of this episode. I really can't. This is a good start. Last question. I always forget and I always pause and then I always unpause once I remember what the question was. Got it. Advice, advice, advice. What is the best advice that you've received and what advice do you want to put out into the world for others? Okay, the best advice I've ever received is... <laughs> this is very funny. The first thing that comes to mind is um, I was on a Herald team three years ago, two years ago, um, and uh, my coach at the time, Deb Tarika, who is literally... Uh, just a son, like the personification of a son. Uh, And she said, I was like very shy and in my head. And she said, activate or people will forget who you are. And those words resonated with me so hard. And I was like, oh my gosh, all I have to do is just be, is activate, act, just move. And people will not forget who I am. And I, I mean, I will forever, 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 forever be in her debt. And you want to put out the best advice that you've got? You don't have a choice. That's it. <laughs> we have completed, uh, you have completed five and five with stellar no, results. we have completed. We, you plus you me plus equals, me equals we. Yep. And I'm giving you the celebration, baby. Here it is. Yeah. All right. Let us ease off the throttle a little bit. <laughs> Activate or people will forget you. I almost cried when you said that because that <laughs> stuff is on my mind a lot. Mm. Um, it's very easy to climb inside oneself, is it not? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. And so stay there. What, That's the thing. What the hell then, dude? Um, <laughs> if I can, I, I know you as a very uh, a very outgoing personality, a very mm. large personality. You you fill up the stage. Uh how, what were you like before you figured out how to activate yourself publicly? Oh, well, I mean, like the whole reason why I do comedy to begin with is because I had terrible stage fright. I still do. I still have really bad stage fright. Um, and for me, it, it is that thing. It is that activation because passively, I, de- I when I deactivate, I am so in my head, crawling within myself, mm-hmm. like self-conscious. But when I just do without thinking or without overthinking. I mean, that's the biggest thing that improv has taught me is that idea of like, just act and then think. Yeah. And then that idea really resonated with me. And it's, it like made this sort of like, I'm at my purest when I'm not thinking or sabotaging myself with Mm -hmm. my insecurities or whatever. And that's sort of like me as the performer is that there's no sort of like shame or doubt or anything 
once I step on stage, it is just me in my purest form. Because you don't really have, it's like once we press play on the opening theme song, you don't have a choice. You're going forward. The train has left the station. Exactly. And yeah. I'm either here or I'm not. You're either here or you're not for this episode. Oh, and yeah. you don't get a second. I mean, no, if you're not here, I'm not going to have you back yeah. on ever. <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> but you're right about that analogy of the train, the train, right? Like yeah. if you, if you're moving, if you are a train and you're moving, if you stop, that's going to like... A lot of people are going to get yeah, hurt. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it is in your best benefit to just go move, figure out as you're hap- as it's, as it's going, you can, you can stop in those rest stops, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 figure yeah. it out a little bit, but you have to keep moving. What did you feel comfort in yourself? So there's this, this, uh, recent transition in the year in, in this last year to internal joy is your primary joy. Mm-hmm. And then there's this other edition of you that's putting yourself out. That's activating on a public stage. And then there's this other, other edition of you that is internal. Mm-hmm. Were you generally like growing up? Are you comfortable in yourself? I, I love being oh. inside my head and, yeah. um, my sister, my older sister talking to her, I get the feeling she also loves, like it's a very comfortable place. And there's some people who just, Has that always, been the case for you yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. but when i like if i go hiking and i see people like they have their iphones hanging off their shirts and it's blasting some music i feel like they aren't comfortable in their own head like they don't like their thoughts yes yes they need something to distract yeah yeah just to keep that that thing inside their head but you're fine with oh i love it i love it but we're not here to talk about me or hypothetical people you'll have your chance as as we you (laughs) You will have (laughs) ample time And that's just a little tease for you listening at home. Um, but what about you? Like, did you grow up comfortable inside you? Or? No, not at all. No, I, I grew up being very introverted, very shy. I was a very quiet child. I remember, I mean, I was a very quiet person until I started doing improv, you know? Uh, I, I was in my head constantly and I was very comfortable there. Um so much so that I was uncomfortable being outside of my head, you know? You, you don't say. You're talking to, <laughs> you're talking to past you yeah. right now. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is, you know, sometimes I think about, like, how I was. And I was like, was that who I am? And did I become someone else? Or is the person that I am now the person that I've always meant to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's an interesting concept of, like, us like dis, a distilled version of us that is like wait who are we outside of like you know the outside of the outside world like who are we as people on our own who are we bear with me for a second mm-hmm. outside of the outside world is a, a turnkey phrase that i will be rolling around <laughs> in my head just something i think about i could be completely wrong about this i am not an ocular biologist mm-hmm. but as i understand the inside of your eyeball is outside of your immune system Mm. Um, so oh, interesting. You just made me think of eyes. Like we're talking about outside of outside of yourself. Yeah. Like there's this part of your body that isn't inside of your body, according to part of your body. Yeah, wow. Which is very and weird. It is our eyes, which yeah. is interesting. But that you're talking about this outside of your outside of yourself, yeah. which would be normal. I think a normal person would call it the inside of yourself, but it's not no, that. But it's, it's a not a double negative. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a different space than your inside. It's the outside exactly, of the outside of yourself. Exactly. And like, you know what I mean? As human beings, we react to that. We, yeah. and that changes who we are. But again, like, who am I as like a pure, not, not part of that outside of the outside world, you know? And I think this is the person that I 
was meant to be. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I was always like very shy, uncomfortable, like with the outside. So it, it made me just like being be in my own thoughts, be in my own head, live inside of myself. How long are you planning to live? How long am I playing? (laughs) What's the target? Well, I mean, are you halfway done? A quarter of the way done? That's very funny that you say that because I have a very weird story. I don't know if I should bring it up now, but I do have a weird like life thing that happened to me. You don't have to, but I'm way too curious (laughs) to not want you to. Okay. This is a crazy story. And I talked about this story in like another podcast, but, um, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> you oh, I mean, yeah, but you could have kept I'm me say, on. I'm not going to say what, it, what, what pins what and needles <laughs> thinking I was getting the story of the century. The scoop. <laughs> no, but I actually, since I was five years old, I've had this recurring nightmare, I guess, where I fall off a cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I'm falling down, I think to myself, I never made it to my 29th birthday. And it, it was a recurring dream that I had. Uh, and I was sort of just like, oh, okay, that's... I grew up thinking like... Like that was it. Literally. There was a hard like out at, before exactly 29. Exactly, like that's what it was. And then as I was getting closer to my uh, 29th birthday, I was mm-hmm. like, well, that can't be it. I can't just die at 29. That's so crazy. Um, and then I th- sort of thought it was like, you know, like uh, uh, um, a metaphor for something else. My life will change, etc. cetera. So um, I booked... I've, I've written a prediction down in an yeah. envelope and I will open oh, it at the end of the okay, story. Yeah, you have to tell me what that I is. Will. Um, so I, I uh, booked a, a commercial um, where uh, I had to bungee jump mm-hmm. um, in new somewhere in new jersey and uh uh so this I, isn't a snickers commercial is it no, no okay no. okay good, no this good. is like a long time ago okay so this is while i was still living in new york so i yeah so i say my line and then i jump off uh and then i bungee jump or whatever so in the audition they're like oh we're looking for real bungee like people who bungee jump mm-hmm. and you know how in the business it's like just say yes to everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ride unicycle yeah exactly exactly i know how to ride horses um i also have a terrible fear of heights i i i just can't deal with them but when i auditioned for it i was like yeah sure yeah i bungee jump i have experience and then i booked it and i was like <laughs> yeah, oh that's my a month gosh. at least yeah <laughs> so then i go in there and then i suddenly realize my birthday is on april 12th i shot this this thing on april 5th mm-hmm. on right before i turned 29 and i was like did you have the thought did you do it can't be the dream this, this can't be mm-hmm. the dream is not literally predicting the future there's no way so i'm like nervous i'm like mm-hmm. freaking out like they're telling they're like putting the harness on me and then the guy's like telling me the 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 proper technique or whatever and i'm just like not paying attention because i'm thinking in my head i'm like it doesn't matter this is my last moment I'm on earth yeah, no, <laughs> no body posture that will save me and so like there, right there is was like the moment right you had mm-hmm. a choice do you continue with the shoot? Mm-hmm. What would you have done? Would you have continued with the shoot or would you have stopped and been like, listen, I just can't do this. Trusting your instant. I mean, like, I don't even know what you would call that. Your dream state, your psychic self. Like, I don't know. What would you have done? I will tell you that I am, uh, what you see before you is a living, breathing, walking coward, a yellow belly coward. <laughs> 
Um, unless you give me a camera and say that this is your job, in which case I have been hanging out of helicopters, like with a chain oh tie, like God. just the worst nightmares. I, I I wouldn't have the capacity to get in a helicopter if I didn't have a camera, but with a camera, wow, I can, whatever it is, that's I don't weapon. really care. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my Dumbo's feather. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if it was for a job, mm-hmm. I say I would jump. If it is not, I would never, ever, ever, ever go near yeah. the harness in the first place. <laughs> so, so you've never bungee jumped before? No! No! <laughs> Why on earth? Sorry about blowing out the mic there. What to mention when I bungee jump? Some people love it. I mean, I, I don't get it. But so then... Did you bail? I... Did not bail. Thank God. I'm I was like, nice pause I'm there. Go- you knew where it was going. I didn't. I did not. Well I, did. I was like, I'm gonna see how. I, I was just like, this can't happen. There's no mm-hmm. way. So what I did is, um, I asked a PA to take a picture of me, just in case, just in case I did die. <laughs> so then I would have that thing to remember. And it's actually like I have the picture on me. Uh, and I was truly trying to smile, but in the picture I looked terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so. Right before they were ready for me, these cops show up and they're like, uh, oh, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, we're shooting a commercial. And they're like, do you have a permit for this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we have we have a permit. And they like look at the paper and they're like, no, no, no. Do you have a permit to bungee jump? This is a park permit, but you don't have a permit to bungee jump. And they're like, oh, no, we we have the park permit. We do whatever we want. And they're like, OK, hold on. So then they go back down. Then like 10 minutes later, they come back up and they're like, you can't be here. They're like, wait, what? And they're like, it is illegal to bungee jump in this park because the height mm-hmm. of the where the cliff or wherever we were jumping was too short for the regulation of the like the length of the bungee cord. They were gonna make you take a long walk off a short pier, weren't yep. they? Yep. So <laughs> they didn't even bother to like measure the length, the height of the thing. And the height, the length of the bungee cord. So I, if I shot it, I would have died. Oh my God. A hundred percent. And then they shut down the chute, never to be heard from again. And I got to live. And then <laughs> I've never had that dream again. I, I am opening up the envelope, crumbling my prediction and throwing it in the trash. <laughs> Not even close. What did you Not think it was? Close. I thought it was going to be a, a spiritual mm-hmm. rebirth that happens in the 29th year that mm. leads you to the person you are today. My, nope. my prediction sucked. Your story was much better <laughs> but than it's, mine. It's sort of lame how literal my dreams were. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Like literally that would have yeah, happened. Trust your psychic self for I once. I guess so. I it, guess so. If you could be bothered to yeah. trust your psychic self. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know that was re- i forgot what we were talking about before but yeah that's oh how long do i plan to be on this yes earth? so yes. the answer to that is who knows okay longer <laughs> for longer now, than longer. 29 years yes, yes. <laughs> can i ask your age or is that close? i'm 35 okay yeah, okay so no, you made I it well care. past the exactly the yeah yeah terminal exactly. point still kicking excellent still kicking yeah uh four years in la so that was 29 you were still okay getting the timeline mm-hmm. let me ask you some specific questions yeah. well i don't want to ask you a question i want to pay you a compliment may i oh yes uh <laughs> inside the disney vault yes i like it and i'll oh, tell you why you. i like it mm-hmm. it doesn't stress me out at all oh really yes <laughs> 
That's always a great thing to hear. I was listening to it and I was thinking like, this is just, this is just nice. It's people lightly disagreeing sometimes yes. and lightly agreeing sometimes. It is not. It's a gentle podcast. It is for sure. so, yeah, yeah it, it's uh, it goes down smooth. We all love each other. So that's, yeah, that helps. We're not arguing about Disney movies. Wait, was it Carol Tanit? No, no, no. It was a different uh, top three Disney movies. I got to know. I got oh, to know. My, well, I have, I ranked them all. Um, but my top three are um, The Lion King. Okay. And granted, I haven't seen a majority of them before I started the podcast. That's why so you're kind I started of a clean the podcast. Slate, like yeah. there's no ill influence. Like yeah, like the reason why I did the podcast is because I wanted to watch every single Disney animated movie, and I brought two of my friends, Claire and Rachel, who are big Disney fans, to sort of guide me through that journey. Um, what prompted this? It's not like well, it's like it's not like underground or like digging up no, Kurosawa no. films or yeah, something. Exactly. It's really mainstream. Exactly. What? Well, because I wasn't born in this country, ah. so like I totally missed that Disney Dude. generation, you know? Here, I, I would like to show you my privilege blinders. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot fathom a life without every Disney movie having been played at least once. Yeah, so like I wasn't familiar with that. I, I, didn't, I never had any like nostalgic mm-hmm. take from Disney movies. And so I went to Disney, Move actually moving to LA was such a huge, like it was big because I didn't realize how big Disney was until I moved to LA. Um, and because Disneyland is so close mm-hmm. and there are people who are just like Stan Disney, who are just like the biggest Disney fans. And Claire Lagren is one of Wait, those is people. is Stan a verb now? Yeah, to Stan is like to overly oh fan Oh my something. God. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. it had become a verb. I knew oh, that it yeah. was a noun for a while. But... Oh yeah, yeah. You stand something. Yeah, I stand blank. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That yeah. is Eminem's enduring contribution <laughs> yeah, to stand, yeah. Base, yeah, exactly, exactly. To the yeah. to the lexicon. <laughs> Thanks, Eminem. Um, um Yeah, so then Claire uh and I went to Disneyland a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um because that's what you do when you first move to LA. You get a pass and then you go to Disneyland until you're exhausted of it. You get a girlfriend who works at Disney and she gets all the passes. Is that what happened to you? Yeah, the first oh, the first summer I was here. Gosh. And it was we went, I don't know what it was, but there we would go during the weekday and just we'd get on the haunted mansion and get right back on the, the like they wouldn't even make us ride get ride like, ever. Just ride it on loop. Oh, it was so much fun. There's always my way it's out. It's the best ride ever. I love it. I love Disneyland. But I was obsessed with Disneyland. And then I was like, well, I don't know what movies these things are referencing. Like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Like I have no surreal. idea what this is. To, like, to enjoy Disneyland without knowing the the yeah. context oh, yeah, for it all. Yeah. And so Claire was like, oh yeah, we should like get, we should like do a podcast or something. And I was like, that sounds great. And then we were like, oh, we need a third because it's always better with three, you know? Um, and then we asked Rachel, who's like a huge Disney parks person. Like she mm-hmm really knows the parks like the back of her hand. Was she a cast member ever? She, her sister works at the park okay. at Disney World and she's from Florida. Okay, okay. And her parents were huge Disney people. So, you know, she is also a big Disney person. So it's really cool to, to have like Rachel be the designated like parks person. Yep. Claire is a movie person. And, and I'm like ignoramus. just the dummy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just there. But uh, my favorite so like, you know, people talk about like the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, like those are because they're all nostalgic, you mm-hmm. know, like I don't have that association and like they were OK. Like I yeah. wasn't really like charmed by the Little Mermaid is hard to swallow now. Like it's yes. In terms hashtag of like, problematic, I mean, most Very. of that, most of those 90s 
movies yes, are hashtag but, problematic. But none, it feels like there's that kind of golden era revival that started with mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, and none of them are more problematic than Little, the Little Mermaid. Mermaid. Like, it's is the so most. bad. You're right. She only desires to physically appeal to a man that she can't even speak to. Uh, like, <laughs> like oh, not only a man, like the first man the she's first, ever yes. seen. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, don't fall so hard, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she will give up everything, everything I know. just to be physically appealing exactly. to him. It's really <laughs> a, a kind of down know, and dirty story. I know, I know. But um, yeah, my favorite movies is, I think the most perfect Disney movie is Lion King. Mm-hmm. It holds up. It's truly evergreen. It will always be perfect. Even the songs? Oh, especially the I love the songs. See, Did you the, not like the songs? See, this is my podcast is more stressful than yours. <laughs> it would have been handled with so much more grace. On really? Yes. Did you not like the songs? I did, but as an adult, I think they're like too schmaltzy. Okay, yes, 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 yes. I'm, I'm a, an Alan Menken stan. Uh-huh, very, very much uh-huh, in that. Uh-huh. I like that cut of kind of Broadway showstopper. Right, right, right. rhyme Like how yes. much wordplay can you squeeze into each line? That's exactly. the fun for me. Did you see and Mary Poppins Returns? I did not. Okay. Is it? What? Mm. Uh, honest- no, it's bad. I hated it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I kind of. It was after that. What the the saving Mr. Banks? I yes. kind of like a hard pass on any Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins stuff from stuff. Disney yeah. after that revisionist mm-hmm. history thing. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yes. So number one is Lion King. Lion King. Number two is uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Interesting. It is interesting. A, it's a solid ten out of ten. I think it's and so are you good. Go for a classic on it's, number three, or is it just going to keep going? Number three is Princess and the Frog. I was wondering if that would be it. Mm -hmm. That one, ah, that's when it gets weird for me. Oh, agree. I mean, explain. Okay, it's when they start making... Like, this is going to be our black people film. This Mm -hmm. is going to be our Asian people film. This is going to be our Hispanic people. Like when they start doing these, uh, these are, this is going to be our, our Samoan people. It starts to, they are good stories and they're Mm -hmm. well told and they're beautifully made, but there is this kind of underlying stickiness of, uh, like, Oh sure. The machine, right? Like the Disney machine is a very powerful force. This is market. And it reeks of marketing. Yeah. It reeks of capitalist interest, but they're also really good. Like the songs and, Princess and the Frog are incredible. They're and incredible. the animation is top tier, like best, yes. uh, best here's, of class. Here's a here's a reason why the Princess and the Frog is unbelievably amazing. After you have to remember, like I do the podcast in chronological order. So yeah. right before the Princess and the Frog, there was a slew of terrible 3D animated Disney movies like oh, Chicken yeah. Little, Meet yep. the Robinsons, oh, yeah, 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 just. Yeah. Stuff that like forgotten trash. Yeah. That and it's nobody. Only, yeah. It's only a way to sort of like market the technology. Like yeah. Disney was inventing the technology, but that's all it was. We've got it was fur. Like, yeah. We've they're just like, look how water. cool Chicken Little's feathers are. We got feathers. You know? yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, what? The story sucks, you know? Yeah. So then it was a return to form. Yes. As, as a watcher, I'm like, thank God it's 2D. It's beautiful, gorgeous, but also it's a reversal of that, of the Ariel syndrome of like, this is a woman who, whose want was never to be with a man. Her want yep. is just to open a restaurant. Yep. And yep. she works hard to open the restaurant. She makes damn good honey Do you know biscuits. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, And they do tackle racism yes. in yeah, New yeah, Orleans yeah. in that movie, which I was like, in a Disney movie? 
Wow, this is incredible. And yes, she's in frog form more than in human form, but it's still Princess Tiana. Like, she's still very headstrong. She, to me, is like the epitome of like the Disney princess. It, to me, it's, it's, she's the best Disney princess. Thank you for making a delightful podcast that didn't stress me out. Yay! Good. Uh, and we're, do, we're doing a season two right now. Uh, wait, what's, we are you, wa- like we, Tron and... Well, we, we finished Disney movie. We're done with that. What are you so doing now? So now we're doing Pixar. Oh, that's a much easier. Like, that's going to be yeah, way yeah. more fun for you, the viewer. There's, yeah. And that I have a little more. I've seen more of those and they're pretty good for the most part. Fewer films and a lot less chaff. Exactly. 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 Um, can't, when is that coming out? When does that launch? In February, in mid-February. And have you got them all recorded? Is it banked? We, we're, it? Yeah, we're currently working on just getting a nice bank happening. Awesome. So just send them out. Yeah. I am. And one a week? One a week? I'm only asking because I'm excited about Yay! it. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, release. inside the Disney Vault. Uh, okay, let's get this episode started now that we got the chit-chat out of the way. <laughs> um, the, I really wanted to talk to you about uh, the your infamous clown show. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, what I would like you to do is kind of set that up and set it up however you want it to be framed, and then I've got my specific questions that I will ask after you've... Mm. After you've explained We're that. We're referring that, to the UCB Drag Race oh, number. Yes. The last one, right? Which, because I did two clown numbers for two different seasons of Drag Race. We're talking about the most recent season. Okay, great. Awesome. The when All-Stars. The, the, the hinges just came off the building. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Um, how do you, you want to frame that performance? What can you say? Because um, it's such a visual experiential thing. Yes. I'm, I'm abdicating responsibility right now for explaining what we're talking it about. It was, okay, so. I told you I was a yellow belly coward. <laughs> I'm running away from responsibility. The premise of it was, uh, it was like, it was on Halloween. It was like the Halloween show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we didn't do, we talked, uh, Mano, who's my co-host, uh, we're talking about doing like Halloween numbers, but not in a very obvious way. So I decided, I was like, well, clowns are scary and I love clowns. And when I do drag, like that's the sort of drag that I like. I gravitate towards like clownier stuff. When did you, when did you discover Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Oh my God, a long time. I mean, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Isn't that good? I have a huge poster of it at my house. Isn't it so I, good? I, I, I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space when I was maybe five or six years old. There's, and there's, it's perfect. There's a couple shots when they're first walking into the town and the down, 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 down. The music. That sticks forever. The music is unbelievable. John, oh. John Massari is the, the composer. Yes. That's, okay. You know I'm, your stuff. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even have IMDb open right now. That's off the dome, son. And the other sequence that will always haunt me to the end of time is when the little girl is in the burger shop. Mm-hmm. It's so perfectly mm-hmm. executed. Such a beautiful scene that has nothing, nothing to do with nothing, what you're talking about. Nothing at all. Please continue. <laughs> but I love it anyway. Um, so yeah, so I did a number two, a song called Queen.Kong by a band called The Do, and they're a Swedish band. Um, and it's just like really, cr- it's a crazy song. It like changes melody. It like it's a, it feels like a bunch of scraps of songs just like stitched together. And I've always wanted to do a number based on that. And so I got my friends and we, I choreographed this thing with uh, Chuck Ma, who's in the community. We both choreographed this number, and it was just like, the vibe was creepy clowns, and it was just so fun. Okay, thank you for setting that one up. Uh (laughs) Um, It was an explosion of visual 
and aural energy. Oh my God, that's so sweet. That just uh, hit. Not that not that Drag Race is light on the visual or audio oh, yeah. stimulation. <laughs> like we're already at 11 before yeah. you come in and blow the fucking hinges <laughs> off the building. Um, a lot of work went into that. A lot of energy was poured into that for what is uh, for, uh, like what? A hundred people yeah. saw once at 1230 in the morning, exactly. never yeah. to be seen again. <laughs> And this is what I was talking about at the top, art to not exist. Like, I am mm-hmm. a, a rabid archivist. I spend mm. my free time digitizing records. I will be scanning old photos, uh, record a half the things that I say in my life. I want to know what your perspective is. Like, why on earth you would make something so extravagant to only exist once for a small group of people and never again? Oh, what is I that love impulse? it. Why? Disposable art? Are you kidding me? That's like, that's it. That's... To me, that's the magic of art. That's art should exist momentarily. And then it, to me, it's a lot more special when it disappears, when it's gone. Yeah. You are able to ingest that piece of art right there. I think the when is when it comes to like digesting art or taking art, like the when is so important. It's paramount to what, like when you see a painting or you read a book or you listen or watch a movie it's people don't talk about when, when they do it, when they watch it and how mm-hmm. that affects how they consume that art. And when you have an art that only exists in those, what, three to four minutes, mm-hmm. those, that half hour, and then you will ne- you can never go back to it again. That's so magical. Yeah. Cause it's just, it just lives in your head. Yeah. Right. Whereas like art that stays and will forever be there can change, can morph, right. Can mutate into something either more powerful or less powerful, which is dangerous. Yeah. But with that, with disposable art, it is just perfect right then and there. And then nevermore. That's so strange to me. It's such a foreign, (laughs) such a foreign approach to to art. Everything I do is based on, on archiving with as much permanence as possible. Why do you do that? I don't, I was thinking about that. I knew that that would probably come up if I, if I came out so aggressive in your, in your wheelhouse. And I, I don't know what the compulsion is. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, think that I am terrified of death, Mm -hmm. uh, as we all are. I don't think there's anyone on earth who's like, sign me. Well, there are some people who are like, sign (laughs) Sign me up for that. Uh, but but I think in general, a lot of what motivates us is is uh, the the impermanence of life, and I I see no reason to add to that impermanence. Right. And it seems to be like where you're most at home. Your enthusiasm is uh, is beautiful, if not infectious. Like I'm not sold yet. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, that, not that I had I, brought you over here to, to no, bring no, me over no. to no, that. No, but fold. I think this is really interesting. I because like let me ask you this: when you archive the footage, do you revisit it again? Like, do you, how, how do you interact with that after it's done? Um, (sighs) (laughs) I think we all know what that exasperated (laughs) sigh was. It was me saying, I don't, I don't particularly revisit it that much, do I? So then in a way that is disposable. I mean, you're, you're keeping it. But that by no means means that it's, I mean, like, I don't think it's, I would even, I don't even, I don't think I would even consider that art, you know, once it's been sort of wow. just like sealed up. And yeah, well, I don't think what you do is art. <laughs> no, but I, I think 
art is how we experience truly. Yeah. It's the medium and how we experience that. That to me is the art It's like how we relate to that picture, That's- that, movie, that image, that sound, it's us. We are a part of it. We are a part of that art. And if you take, like, if there's like, if I were to do that piece again, which mm-hmm. I will never do again, um, if I did it again and put it somewhere else, it wouldn't be the same. It would, that's, that's not, it's not the same piece. It's yeah. a different piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah? Yeah. Um, and I don't like that. I don't like that changing. I like having it. And then Forgetting about it. That's why I like, I don't like watching movies more than once. I don't like reading books more than once because it will change the way that I value that art. That's interesting. Okay. Let me, let, let, let me extend an olive branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I got to LA about a year ago, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the new life resolutions was, uh, no revisiting the old ones. Like I can watch a movie once and unless it's for a uh, interview, like if we're doing a podcast with someone who is involved in the project, I don't revisit it for my own pleasure. Right. I, I visit something new from here on out. Mm-hmm. And that has been terrifically rewarding. Really? It's such a, such a good new way to, to look at art. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not as far away from you as I yeah. seem to be pretending Before to be. Before you know it, you'll be throwing away everything you own. And uh, the only thing I really revisit with any regularity are letters. I save every letter that mm. I've ever received in my life. I've got uh, just a, a big old box full of them mm-hmm. upstairs. And they mean the world. Like, those are the only things that actually mean anything in, t- yeah. in this. But I think that ties to when, right? I think yeah. it, when you read those letters, it takes you back to where you were when you received those letters, when you, when you wrote a letter back, you know? So in a way, the when, the when is essential. Yeah. You can't have art if you don't know the when. Letters are so fun because they're full of love from the person who wrote them and you're, you don't have to be the person you were anymore. Like, yes, you can still receive that love without being young and foolish and ignorant. You mm-hmm. can receive the love in a, in a more pure way. So I, I do see some validity, like that's art worth revisiting. Yes. Yeah. Um, agreed. And I, I wonder, I would love to see a cage match between you and, uh, uh, Roger Ebert, who, <laughs> who like di- he discredited video games as art because it was experiential and it wasn't a fixed state object. Uh-huh. That, Interesting. That, it, that the object was in flux and the, uh, the art receiver had influence over how the art piece existed, which right. meant it wasn't an art piece anymore. And your approach seems to be that that's like the only, I agree. That, that's I, all that yeah, makes it I, art. I, is, I would say video games is, uh, is the purest form of art. It's you interacting with the art piece, right? Like to say, Mr. Ebert, I'm coming for you. Um, it, to say that it's like, <laughs> It's, it's an easy task. It's inva- yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not much left uh, to do to Yeah, you're right. Um, to say that, like, to, to just sort of, like, brush away the... I mean, there's video games out there that are works of art, that are look beautiful, that, like, feel oh, are, are you're, interactive. You're and, preaching like, to the choir, but what I'm saying is you go a step further and say all art is only experiential, whether yes. it's a painting, a book, a movie, a song. Well, let me tell the you... The experience of, of experiencing it is the art piece. I agree. I mean, like, here's the thing. If you watch, like, if you see, if you go to the Louvre and watch, the, watch see the Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. right? I could be standing front and center looking at the Mona Lisa and I am experiencing the Mona Lisa, that art from where I'm standing. You could be like 
two miles away. You can't get any closer. You're like all the way over there to yeah. the side. You're experiencing the same work of art, but your experience is different from mine. I'm digesting the art differently than you are. But that's only because yeah. we are interacting with that art. We are actively influencing our perception of that art. Can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. If when you get, when you get to the Mona Lisa, <laughs> give the selfie stick a rest. Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> I got there and I was just like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, is there? You're is there not the star. The Mona Lisa of- is. Yes, it's everyone with selfie sticks well, going bananas. I, I, Did you do that? No, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. But I've been to tons of art galleries. I mean, that's what art galleries are. Ugh, gosh, well, <laughs> oh. you just open up this, like another huge thing about art and how we consume art. Then there's no stress on inside the Disney vault. Do not take this. <laughs> I'm to taking all the stress from the this vault is, and this putting is it in just <laughs> on the fishbowl that we get this stressed out. What, what have no, you got? But, it, but it, again, it is that idea of like nowadays we, it's not, it's, it's not just the Mona Lisa. The art is us and the Mona Lisa. The art is Okay, so like you're a step us. ahead of me. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. With the selfie sticks, it's mm-hmm. like, we're taking a picture of the actual art, us interacting with the art piece. So you're coming down in favor of the selfie sticks. This is, you're making me rethink things, and I'm, well, it's, I'm not it's, too keen well, on that. I've, I've had it up to here I'm with your shenanigans. I'm not totally in defense of yeah, the selfie no, stick. No, 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 but I'm you're understanding it. That, yes, exactly. That's a way people consume art. Yeah, yeah. It's through taking a picture with their interaction. With you're you. a step ahead of me. I don't think we're at the end of the track, either of us, but you're definitely in the lead a little bit. There's a, there's a nice little, uh, the, the, the Buddhism, the, Bo- the Buddhist mm. fella, he says, mm-hmm. uh, step one is, uh, what is it? There is a mountain. Step two, there is no mountain. Step three, there is. You're halfway between two and three. I'm still stuck at step two. <laughs> Um, comedy. I got a quick question for comedy. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what is a joke? Is it just what happens before people laugh? Mm, what is how a do joke? you, how do you frame a joke in your mind as an artist? Yeah. Jokes are interesting. I mean, like, uh, a joke. Mm, that's a great question. Actually. Cause I go to, I go to UCB shows. I mm-hmm. love the shit out of them, but mm-hmm. it, uh, it, it, there aren't really jokes no. so much as kind of like this flowing experience that causes laughter. Right. So right. it makes me, it, I, I'm really like wondering. But then is like a joke something that people laugh at? Not Period. always. Here's hoping. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, yeah, what is it? I, I, yeah, that's very interesting. I was, I took an, a lift this morning uh, and the, the guy pegged me as a comedian. He's like, you're a comedian, right? And I was like, what, how did, what? And then immediately pitched me his quote unquote jokes that were just like very bad, like problematic and sort of racist. And we got to hear at least one and we've got music just for that. I just don't even remember. Oh, oh, okay. I know, I know one. Here come the jokes. (laughs) Okay, this is, okay, this is what he said. Literally, he was like. Oh, I got a joke of this is what they, I won't tell it though. Okay, please. (laughs) He was like, (laughs) he was like, oh God, okay. He's like, first of all, he introduces it being like, um, can I say some, uh, uh, like a dirty joke? And I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. I was like, sure, go ahead. He's like, it's a little like bad. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, so there's a gay couple. And I, already I was like, oh, I need to get out of here. Hard pass. Um, he's like, oh, there's a gay couple. And then one guy was like, oh, babe, I, I feel like my stomach is hurting. Um, can you, can you put your hand up my butt? 
And the other guy's like, okay, because <laughs> I guess that's what gay people do. So he put his hand up and he's like, okay, move to the left, move to the right, <laughs> dig deeper. And then he pulls out a watch. And then the other guy's like, happy birthday. And that was the joke. That is a total ripoff of another joke. What's the other joke? That's uh, a, a gay guy goes into a proctologist and says, my, my butt's hurting something fierce, doctor. Can you check it out? The proctologist says, yeah, okay, get, bend over. And he pulls his pants down. And he says, well, this is, this is why it's hurting. There's a dozen roses in your asshole. And the gay guy goes, read the note, read the note. Oh, it's gosh. like the, the, he just took that joke. I <laughs> <laughs> made it worse. I guess it t- t- took out any, any flow to it whatsoever. <laughs> so, I mean, for him, that's a joke. That was his reality, his existence. I laughed because I didn't want to make it too awkward. Um, I sh- what I should have said was that's I'll buy not that. funny. Did you buy and- it? What happened? Did you buy it? Did you pay him the 20 bucks <laughs> so that you could use it in your stand-up? Well, he's, he gave me permission to use the joke, and I'm like, yes, which I'm using now. So in a way, his art lives on, guys. Oh. <laughs> Man, I need to get a Lyft account so yeah. I can get some, some material. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what is a joke? It's, it's hard to say. Um, a, a joke is a, a, a cleverly crafted statement like anything that provides laughter from the audience. I mean, in the most clinical way, Mm -hmm. I mean, whether, yeah, I don't know. Jokes are hard because it's it's hard. It's, I I haven't been able to pin it quite down Mm -hmm. since I've started going to UCB shows. Mm -hmm. uh, Well, it's interesting because like with improv, Mm -hmm. the goal is not to do jokes is to commit. It's like you're committing to something you're committing to the reality. And then we find the funny from there. And the funny doesn't come from jokes. It comes from either surprise, the element of surprise. It comes from recognition. It comes from like the absurdity of someone's philosophy. Like that's where the funny comes from with stand up. It's a lot easier to like, just say, here's a premise and here's the punchline. This is a joke, right? It's a lot more like just, bare bones that way you know um it's your turn you ready yeah i'm done morbius is fighting neo yeah what's up everybody welcome to the hollywood fishbowl my name is oscar montoya and with me we have Jesse Kester. Oh my gosh, Jesse, thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This commute was insane for you, huh? Hey, all the way down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Jesse, we, I we don't you... need to show him how the sausage is made. Come on, why are you putting me on the chopping block like that? So I want to ask you a question. You just, just so people know, yes. I'm not going to pimp you out and say, like, describe where you are right now, but I will ask you this. What is your favorite piece of anything that is Ask. in this space. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what of my favorite piece, art piece? Anything, oh. anything. What's your favorite thing right here? Oh, do you mean over time or right now? Because if I have to pin it to right now, it's your presence. Oh in my this, gosh, in this building. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, it's it's delightful to have you over. I'm so Aww. glad to finally get to know you. I know. I, I feel like we've been working together a lot. Uh, and it's kind of like the ships in the night exactly, work where you're yeah. occupied with your stuff and I'm occupied with mine. But yeah, but it's always so great to see you yeah. always all the time. Oh. And you're so freaking talented. You're too kind. You really <laughs> are. It's my like heart you make melt. everybody look fantastic. 
And it, it is one of those things where it's like, we're on work mode. It's yeah, yeah. fucking late. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always like you know midnight I mean? when exactly. we're just getting started. Exactly. Knowing that it's going to be two o'clock when mm-hmm. we are cleaning, cleaning And then up at that the point you're like, okay, yeah. well, I got to go, you know? But but I do have to say, as long as we're, as long as we're in this mode, uh, like working with y'all is such a joy. It's oh such gosh. an honor, such, such an explosive joy to Aww. see the stuff you put on. It's, it's, How did you like get involved in that world? In oh good lord okay you're opening up a whole a whole uh, <laughs> inquiring minds want to know so in which world in UCB and yeah first of all I am like a I am a, a stowaway on the UCB ship you're aware <laughs> of that right like I have no business being there um, and okay you want to do it do you want an exclusive? take us back yes okay please. Oh no, we're we're getting an announcement. We're getting an a first announcement on uh, on your episode. <laughs> um, do you know you? Oh yes, of course you do, Tra- uh, Travis. Travis Cole. Oh Cole's, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. So I went to school with him. You did? Yes, yes. And I went to see Lacey Mosley. She's tearing it up across podcastosphere. Oh like she's yes. incredible. She truly um, is the queen of podcasts right she's, now. She's yes, yes. She's <laughs> so good, and I. I love a good scam. Like, I didn't know. I love hearing about her scams. Oh I hope gosh, she's seen the yes. fire documentary because that's like. Oh, that's lazy mostly to a T. Yeah. No, it's all <laughs> like I love. I, lo- I was watching it just thinking like she's got to know. This yeah. is such a scam. <laughs> um, anyway, I went to see one of her, I think, Trap Prov. Mm-hmm. And Travis was one of the improvers at Trap Prov. Mm-hmm. And my jaw hit the floor when they brought him out. They said, Travis Coles. And oh, I, was, so no, you didn't, like, I had no you idea. Didn't know he was yeah, doing this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and then he's up on stage this guy i know from north carolina (gasps) um just being funny as hell Mm -hmm. and and i'm so happy to see him we go out to have coffee and i tell him like look dude anything you're involved in free photos as long as you want i I love what y'all are doing Mm -hmm. i love not that five bucks is too expensive to see a show (laughs) but i love a free show like i'm happy to pay the five happy to go for free and take photos the whole time and then give them to the team so i started shooting for uh for What's the what's the queer group? What's it called? Uh, what that queer sound, world, right? That's that's I knew it. Yeah. That queer was in yeah. there. It sounded like I was a completely <laughs> no, no. It's yeah. Like, that's the name of the show. <laughs> wasn't trying to marginalize. I was trying to remember the second word. So queer world. I shot a queer world or two, and then through that, I believe I got aware of you, and I believe Mono would have been the one to invite me to Drag Race mm-hmm. and. Dude, if you go to one drag race, you will go to all, all of drag races. Oh like, gosh. there's no way out. And I was just, I didn't intend to be invested really? in drag yeah. race. But did you, what did you think it was before you went to see it? What was I imagining? I was imagining something uh, much lower rent. I didn't uh-huh. expect that y'all were so fucking competitive. <laughs> You guys are savage crazy? for this thing that happens once a month at, at 12 o'clock yeah. at night to one thirty in the morning. <laughs> the shit you guys do yeah. on that stage yeah. is, is so wild. And everyone turns up. Everyone yeah, puts work so hard. Somebody came, someone told me, someone who's been doing shows at UCB f- since forever came to me and he's like, this UCB drag race is the only show in UCB Franklin, where everyone fully commits. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. The only, it's the first show. And, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because everyone really does commit. 
I mean, you guys are clearly establishing that it is not competitive. It's for a cracker or something yes. like that. Yes, exactly. But it is so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> it is insane how how hard the queens go. Yes. Like, really, to the, the level I got invested mm-hmm. um, was that... If I was not taking photos, I would not have come back after Bottomless Mimosa was... Shut up! You were a Bottomless fan? Yes. Oh my God! I have to tell Ryan. I was so pissed. That was... Oh oh, shit, here we go guys. Sorry, bumping buttons there. What? Get out of town. I was so Bottomless upset. is very fun and amazing. Yeah, 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 but yeah. So isn't it so funny that like, I, I mean, mean, it's it's not a reality TV show. It's based off of a reality yeah, TV yeah, yeah. show. It should be silly. It should be fun. And yet the narratives that happened in that run were epic. I mean, yeah. you want oh, to talk yeah. about Bottomless Mimosa's story? She started off weak. Mm-hmm. Then I called her out on it. And then the next week, Got it. Got herself together and fucking destroyed. Mm-hmm. Destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I even I emailed Mono, uh-huh. uh, expressing my dismay. <laughs> and he was beautifully diplomatic. I keep this in my back pocket now because it was such a diplomatic sentence. It was so well worded. I uh-huh. forget the exact wording, but it was. This is all stars. We can't let anyone go without somebody being upset. Yes. And that was just the perfect response that gave uh, complete credit and and lifted everyone up who was involved in it Mm -hmm. and also uh, addressed my emotional (laughs) investment. I love that people have favorites, though. That's like... The like the best thing, and I in mean the world. no disrespect to the other queens. Everybody no, no, no. is yeah. slaughtering on that show. Yeah. Um, but you know, every everyone's gonna you gotta have, have a favorite. Have a favorite of course, a favorite. what are you yeah. gonna do? There's no exactly. way around it. It's ten years in Japan. I'm a little yeah. biased. Like what? Do you, it's <laughs> oh yeah, she was the anime yeah. queen. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's playing to the to the crowd yeah. to this <laughs> crowd right here. Uh, they, here's the thing, Ryan. If you're listening, um, last night. Ryan showed up in what black trench coat, black hat, looked better than yes. any queens. <laughs> don't tell him I said, don't tell anyone else I said that though. Oh man, yeah, I'm, I, I'm digging a grave now. I, shit, they're no, never going to come on, are they? <laughs> no, no, they are. They are. They are. Okay. Uh, yeah, you should you should have them all come to the show and be like, at the same time, we you, should have a oh podcast gosh. for your legacy. <laughs> The reunion show should be this podcast. <laughs> that would be interesting. I would, I, I wonder if there's a wrap up show that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we thought about it. Mine and I were debating like whether we do a, a, like a reunion show yeah, or whether we just move on to the, like the next season of it or if we should do like another drag race, but it isn't competition based. Like we're still working it out. Are you guys launching again? Is there going to be we're something in 2019 again. to look oh, yeah. forward to? Okay. Okay. Soon okay. In okay. It's coming. It's coming sooner than you think. Okay. And, uh, it's, I think it'll be, it'll be great. It'll be so okay. I don't want to know anything. Yeah. Here's the thing is I, I would not even look at the sheets on the walls when I was taking the photos. Like I don't want to know anything about what's going on okay, until good. it starts happening. It's good, so exciting good, good. to see it unfold it's in real a, time. A surprise. It's always a surprise. And every, every single edition mm-hmm. I thought like, there's no way they're going to one up it. There's no way <laughs> That's what I they're going to one up yeah. it. Every single edition. Do. I thought the same sentence and every next month I was dead <laughs> wrong. 
it's just so so that's how you got into the UCB yes. sort of world. Okay, great, awesome, cool. Yes, cool. but here's you want the exclusive? Yeah, you you ask the probing question, so I'll give it to you. I signed up for classes on February fourth. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna try it. Jesse, I love that. Uh, thank you for saying. Who that. are you I'm, taking it with? I don't know. I'm doing the intensive course, oh, and they great. don't tell you. Yes, yes, I, yes. I purposefully avoided you and Mono because we already have like a working relationship, right, and right, I don't right, want right. to be in your. Yeah. I don't take that effect. No, not like a, I just no, I want to I want to enter a 101. The same with every other 101 exactly. who doesn't know what's going on. I could understand was, how that would be like, oh, we know each other from blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I don't want I don't Truly. want any of that. Oh, I'm so happy. I hope I am too. Oh my gosh, you're going to be great. I it's, told you at be the so beginning fun. of this that I was you, like I'm a very internal person. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the most outside of myself that I get regularly is inviting someone over to my yeah. house and talk. <laughs> like this is as far outside of my own self yeah. as I can get. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I wonder if I could live a happier life. And it seems like a rational way. All the people I've met there have been very kind and mm-hmm. very warm and very creative and silly. So I'm hoping that uh, that I can find ways out of myself in the next year. Yeah, you will. I It'll so. happen. Thank you. I, and, Thank and you for the vote of confidence. Oh, of I do course. appreciate it. I think so. I mean, if it uh, it changed. Oh. Yes, please it, continue. It, um, it changed my life. You know, improv really changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to change your life, but oh, it's no, going to no. make you aware of things that you were never aware of. And I think it's going to bleed into your real life as well. I, that just, that's just what happens. I hope it does. It seems like a, a rash. I, I spent the last year, I just got to LA and I spent the last year poking my nose in a whole bunch of dif- different communities. Mm-hmm. You aren't the only ones I've been shooting photos for free for. <laughs> you didn't have a, a non-compete clause now or anything like that. You're making me jealous, no, Jesse. No, I've been spending <laughs> okay. a lot of time in the burlesque community, a oh, lot no of time way. in the indie, indie music community, mm-hmm. just trying to sniff out like where I can fit in in LA. And yeah. that seemed like a community that... I might benefit from it. What's a community that, that, the, you, that you would like want to go next? Um, I want to, I want to grow more in the podcast sphere. Like this mm. is the most fun I've had in my life is mm. doing podcasts and listening to podcasts. As I understand, that's not the best career move. There are <laughs> some people, it some works. people make a full time yeah. living based on it, but if, it feels like, like a Instagram influencer, right? You don't make money from Instagram. You make money from all the other stuff that comes from Instagram. Stuff, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'll ever be uh, filthy rich on podcasts, but if I can find my place in that sphere, then maybe I can get access to Without other greater worlds of thought. Writing would be appropriate, I think, for mm. me. I, I think I have a mind that writes well. Um, you don't really know me in that sense. You don't, no. You don't know me. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's uh, I think, a, a thing missing is it, from my life is uh, introducing others to the context of myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have any shortcuts, and it seems like y'all are context-based. Like, it's a lot of exercises in building as much context as you can. For sure. And yeah. communicating that clearly so you can get to everything else. Well, I also know you, I know you from just like, I know you as a photographer because that's yeah. like the Jesse that I have been exposed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I came over, I, now I'm like, oh, you're a gamer. You watch, you like, like movies. So I'm like, my scope of you is now expanding. But that takes connecting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a self-imposed problem. I'm very shy. Like I don't Mm -hmm. really like talking to people. Um, 
I when I come to the shows, you that don't you guys like do, talking to people. I love talking to people. I don't like talking to people, but I love talking to people. <laughs> Wait, explain that. Um, like when I, when I'm when I'm doing photos, I exist as a camera first and a human being second. Mm. When I'm doing these podcasts, I exist as a human being first and only. Like nothing else is happening in my head when we're talking in this yeah. in this context. Uh, when I'm a camera, I don't want to talk to people really. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Is no, that a, I agree. a fair yeah. way of framing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it isn't doing wonders for my career to be standoffish, <laughs> cold and clammy to everyone I meet as I go out <laughs> event after event. Um, and I might, I might, there might be better versions of me down the road mm-hmm. if I can kind of uh, actuate. What did, what did you say? If I could activate so people don't forget me because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm deact. I, I purposefully deactivate. Yeah. When I'm in public. Mm. Um, and it's a hard habit to break. Is it like in response to people that you deactivate? Or is it is that like where your resting state is? And then when you feel comfortable, that's when you activate. Um, oh, boy. It is not particularly in response to people. I really love people. I love hearing what's on their mind. I love knowing what's in their hearts. Um, it's internal. I think it's largely internal mm-hmm. and that that's not good. Cause that means I have to do the work to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it was external, then uh, it would be easier. Cause I All could blame other people. And it doesn't, that suck. <laughs> Love to shift the blame at this yeah. point, but here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, for me, like I'm, I'm an introvert naturally. Like I think being, it caught me off guard to hear you say that. Yeah, the first time it did. It, I do not process you as an introvert it's, at all. It's funny because that's not how I present myself. Yeah, um, I'm very. I like need to be by myself mm-hmm. in order to like recharge my batteries. Being around people is. This sounds cruel or whatever, but it's draining for me, and I need to leave mm-hmm. when I am done. Yeah, which yeah, sometimes yeah. can come across as like standoffish or like, Oh wait, what, what's going on? But yes, for me, yes, I, yes, I yes, get yes. very exhausted when I'm around people. Um, I love people. I'm vastly curious about people. Mm-hmm. I want to know, I want to understand people. That's what drives me to be an extrovert. Okay. Um, and I realize that it requires me to activate from introvert to extrovert, but even, even the language is a little complicated because that's actually not what that is. It's me sort of casting a net of -hmm. myself so people can be like, Oh, I want to engage with you. And then that's how we make that connection. And I realized like me being an introvert, like outside isn't helping me connect with anybody. Does that make sense? I feel like we're both breaking down completely on this interview. Like we have dissected both of ourselves to the point it's true, that, yeah. that there's, there's a lot not of me much flesh left yeah, on either yeah. of us. <laughs> well, we solved everything. That's a good place to start. The, <laughs> now that everything is solved, you ready? Yeah. That sucked. Let's do one more. And you can have the first poll if you want it. I hope you you should take the first poll. I meant to say that was a weird power play. I think. What if I was like, no, you do it. I would be a, a gentle host, and, and I would have pulled for you. Does the Fitbit work? Yeah. 
Does it? How many steps have you done today? Does it tell you? So far, I have had thirteen thousand steps. That's a lot. I had this idea that I would uh, make like a little jiggle machine for my DS, but it caps at three hundred steps a day. It does, yeah. Which was so. There goes which that invention. Bad. Yeah, I know. But there's a. Oh, you know, there's the. On the Switch, there's a Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, mm-hmm. and there's a little Pokeball that you can get, and that's a pedometer as well. Wait, that, that oh yeah, of course it can sense motion, that's Nintendo's yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. The raison d'etre They're all about it, point. yeah. <laughs> but I also have that, but I never use, never use it. Oh my god. What'd you get? I got, what is your earliest memory? Oh, that's a sweet one, though. That's a really nice one. Does it go back to, of course it goes back oh, yes. to Columbia. But <laughs> no, I was 25. <laughs> and <laughs> started developing long-term memory. Um, what was early- it like growing up in Columbia, though? Oh, um, it was great. I mean, I lived in a village in Columbia. Mm-hmm. I lived in a place called Palmira, which is close to the, it's like closest to a city named Cali. And that's like maybe two hours away. Mm -hmm. Um, but we like, I'm like no paved roads. Our house faced a landfill. It was like save the children vibes in there. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, that's where I was. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, and it was great. It was just simple living. Truly. Uh, my family was not big. Um, I had like, Cause here, cause I'm also half black. My dad is American. And so his family was in the States, mm-hmm. but I stayed with my mom's family. And you guys have a relationship still? Like, are you, are you good no, with your parents? Okay. No, okay. Okay. No, no, it is not good, but, uh, yeah. But so like, yeah, my family's not that big. My earliest memory was when I was four years old. I remember my uncle had a motorcycle and he uh, he would drive us places and it would be me and my cousin. We would get on the motorbike and just drive around. And the way that bikes and motorbikes worked is that like five people would be riding this bike because mm-hmm. <laughs> there were just there'd be one bike for five people. And so people would like stand on like the it would not be very yeah, safe, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah. like sitting on I the handlebars, standing on exactly, the back pegs, exactly. three so people on the seat. It was so that I remember my, I was going to school uh, like, like, yeah, going to school and it was me, my uncle and my two cousins, my two cousins got in front in the front of the motorcycle. And mm-hmm. I got, no, I got, no, I was in the front. I was in the front and my, my cousins were in the back comfortably, but I was like, sort of whatever. And I remember my, my, my leg got caught in the spokes of the motorcycle and I fell off and I like really messed up my leg. And I remember that was like my earliest memory. And I remember being like taken home and a doctor came and sort of like patched it up. I needed stitches. I remember Mm -hmm. that. And I also remember crying being sad that I wasn't going to school because I really like school. I was a big, like you suck. Up I was a big guys. nerd. Um, still am. Uh, but I was always, I just wanted to be the, I, I remember thinking like, if I don't go to school, my teacher won't like me. And I remember even with a busted leg, I was like, I want to go to school. But then I remember reading, reading, 
That was my earliest memory. I'm sure there was, I mean, stuff happened before that, but that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's like, like the, the big, strongest the, yeah. memory that I had as a kid. That's sweet. The, the, yeah. Not that it happened, but just the, the, the story I liked. I liked. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean like I've, I like I've had really bad it. luck with bikes too. Cause for some reason I've, I just like couldn't keep my legs. I, my legs were just like totally attracted to the spokes. Mm-hmm. It happened twice when I was on in a bicycle, when I was riding with cousins, <laughs> it's just my leg, but with a motorcycle, it's a lot yeah, more yeah, severe. Yeah. The stakes you know? are higher on a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What was your earliest memory? My earliest memory, we've already covered that one on this show. It is uh, my mother coming into a pool to get me from my auntie who's holding me in the pool. I was less than one year old. That was, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's always stuck like seeing her come down the stairs of the pool and walk towards me. And you were was, a baby. I was happy. Wow. Stuck with me. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I, I told you I am an archivist. Yeah, I yeah, am you like a dyed in yeah. the wool. I'm archiving everything. <laughs> from, from birth. Yes. You were like, this is my birth. Remember it. What, uh, what, Save it to the hard drive. <laughs> what was your earliest memory of Diddy's Conquest? Oh my gosh. That was, oh my God, I love that game. So it's my favorite. For those of you who don't know, Dungeon Country 2 Diddy Kong's Quest is my favorite video game of all time. There's no we, better we game. We don't than that. have listeners who don't say okay. that. <laughs> Everybody who listens to this. That's, that's how you field people yeah, to interview. We don't want them. If they yeah. don't think Diddy's Conquest is the best video game ever made, we don't need them on the program. I have so much. I mean, talk about nostalgia, right? This was a game that was like my entire childhood was that game. The music, I have such vivid memories of like the where I was while listening to the soundtrack mm-hmm. as I was playing the water levels mm-hmm. of Diddy Kong's Quest. I remember when Diddy wins the boom box and him doing that rap and then Dixie Kong when she wins and doing that guitar riff, like the graphics were out of this world. It really like pushed graphically pushed the super Nintendo to like a new level. I never knew my super Nintendo could achieve those graphics in terms of play. It is perfect platforming. Absolutely. What can you ask? There's so many collectibles side quests. And here's the thing. It's not, it wasn't an easy game to beat. It wasn't like a simple game. The, The Donkey Kong country series are actually like the perfect level of challenge. Even I would say like, even with the switch with like have you tropical played freeze tropical and, freeze yet yeah yeah that is the zenith of modern storytelling in my mind Agreed. how you get like the whole the story in the savannah they tell of, mm-hmm. of the forest burning down or yep. the story of the popsicle factory it's just like it's so beautifully told yep. and has no impact on the gameplay like they could have done another platformer without telling this whole story going mm-hmm. on in the background yep icing on a cake it's made of icing so great. at that point Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. What's your association with Dean Kong's Quest? Uh, uh, I've got to make an apology. I'm coming out. I'm, I'm going to say this publicly for the first time in the history of my life. Uh, I long labeled uh, Dixie's Double Trouble as the best Donkey Kong game in the trilogy. He's off the throttle, son. Hold on. I don't need you to make that face <laughs> now or ever. Excuse me? Okay. Now or ever. I, okay. I, did I not set this up as a public apology? <laughs> if, you could, if you could rein in the judgment until <laughs> the end of my goddamn okay. paragraph, fair, I'd appreciate fair, it. Fair, 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 fair. You're a guest in my house. Don't you ever <laughs> I was about to say, that. get out. <laughs> because I hadn't played part two. 
Oh, so that was your first Donkey Kong. So game. I played I played the first one uh-huh. a bunch, mm-hmm. and that game is beautiful and it's well made. And then I played the third one a bunch, and I liked all the side quests. Wow, and, you totally skipped the second one. And I totally skipped the second one. And then I played it and realized like I had missed the greatest game of that generation. Wait, so like were you just not aware of the second one, or were you like not interested? I was aware, but I got into the third one before I turned on the second one, mm-hmm. and I thought the third one was so good that I figured I don't need to play more than the first I level see. or two yeah, in the yeah, second. Yeah. One, not realizing what a, a beautiful world they had so built in that perfect. second game. It's so perfect. And like, I, I think I still have the packaging of the Super Nintendo game. That's how beautiful. And I, I remember looking at it. I mean, you want to talk about art in my, I don't remember how old I was. I was very young looking at that and being like, this is art. Yeah. This is the most beautiful yeah. cover I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. Yeah. And, and holding it and keeping it. And I still, I think I still have it. Shout out to David Weiss, man. He's, ah, he's the best. He's the king. Gosh. My turn. Yes. All right. I knew we'd get into DKC2. <laughs> And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the world that I said DKC3 was the best. DKC3 is fine. It's, it is. It's definitely the weakest of the three, I think, but it's fine. All right. Let's back up a little bit. I'll read this question after we unpack that sentence <laughs> you just said. <laughs> It's fine. Oh, well, I think maybe, I don't know. I think, you know, honestly, I think I say it's fine only because after playing the second one, it is just, I remember I have played the second one about 20 times I've played it. And each, yeah, every time I've played it, I've discovered new things. I've had new joy in it. Yeah. Here's the thing about DKC3. I think the level design is better than part one. Mm. Um... I think the side quests are better than part one. Mm. I don't think the bosses are better or worse than part one. That's like, I think three is a better game than one, but three built like three had all that R and D finished from parts one and two that they could lean on if they wanted to. Like one had no R and D to lean on. Mm -hmm. They had to build from zero to make part one. So that's true. uh, While three, if they all came out at the same time, I would say it goes, uh, two is the best. Three is the second best and one mm-hmm. is the third best. But because of all the work they had to do to make one exist right. at all, it's the, the one that gets all Yeah, that's the one that gets all the accolades is the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, why don't they release the the DKC trilogy for modern games? Like for modern like systems. You're asking the wrong guy. It's just so they bizarre. They could do a high def re like yeah. they've got all the physics engine built from Tropical Freeze. Yeah. From, why not just release them as a as a HD Pack. Remakes, yeah. Yeah. And I, throw in Donkey Kong 64. Why not? Look, hey, I'm not the guy who decides Jesse, why? these things. I, Explain this to me. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> All right. Uh, how do you deal with failure? Ah, that's a good question. I want you to answer this. <laughs> By not failing. <laughs> I Mic learned my drop. lesson. <laughs> how do I deal with failure? I, um... I, I give my, this, I, I think it was Harry Shearer who set this up. You get 24 hours to swim in the misery of, of not doing it right, of screwing it up. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you are obliged to forgive yourself and move on to building something else. Yeah. Um, because of that, like if you don't process it, if you don't feel it, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you extend that processing and feeling, over too much time. You're mm-hmm. also doing yourself a disservice. So I try to stick by that. And then I remember the time I was 13 and I pissed my pants walking home and I want to kill myself again. So, uh, it doesn't always work, 
but wait a I second. Tried. You peed your pants when you were 13. I also peed my pants when I was 13. Does it not make you want to kill you? Like you'll be walking down it's the street funny. and you'll remember that? And you'll be no, like, it's funny. Oh, okay. what, what you're was ahead your story? of me. Like What's I said, your, you're a couple uh, steps ahead of me. What we was knew your that. story? I thought I could make it home from school. I walked home from school. I thought I could make it. I uh, got to Main Street and <laughs> things went horribly <laughs> south. Oh, no. I was in school still when I peed mm-hmm. my pants. I was in my last period. Uh, and I raised my hand because I needed to use the bathroom and the teacher didn't let me use the bathroom. That should be outlawed. When a student says, can unreal. I go to the bathroom? You give them the pass and if they're not back in... Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. If and they I screw was, around, if they get busted right. digging around the halls, they're in trouble. But and never, as I stated earlier, ever. I love school and I'm a good student and I always want to do the right thing by my teachers. And so I complied. I kept my mouth shut, but then I just peed in my chair. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm peeing. I'm 13 years old. I also just moved. It's been like a year and a half since I moved to the States. So I'm like still the immigrant in the school. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah, weird yeah, immigrant. Yeah, I was sitting yeah. all the way in the back. I was like, oh no, this is not good. And so what I did, luckily, miraculously, there was a can of Hawaiian punch in the desk. And then I, oh, this is the first dude, time I ever masking. like acted is I made a scene where I like knocked the can over and I was like, oh, I spilled Hawaiian punch all over myself. (laughs) When in fact, it was straight up urine. So at the end of class, I did that and I was like, oh, and then the teacher's like, oh, go clean up. So then I went, I ran outside and luckily, again, luckily it was snowing. Mm -hmm. So all I did was roll in the snow, but I looked like a crazy person, yeah, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, have yeah. any friends. So I rolled in the snow and then I ran home and I was like, cause I rolled until like my whole, ev- like every ounce of my yeah, pants were yeah, wet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's, that was my experience. But I, I think it's funny now. Yeah. Oh, you're ahead of me. You're a couple <laughs> steps ahead. Um, how do you deal with failure? Like, how do I deal with failure? Uh, when shit just bombs, when you're on stage, how did, like what? I mean, like it happens all the time. Uh, improv has helped me so much to deal with it. Again, it's that thing. I mean, going back to art, living and dying, like that's how I deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's dead. It's done. Like I can't, people have already moved on after they saw me bomb and I have bombed many, 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 many times. And the way that I keep saying is like, yeah, it's done. It's dead. I know that I did bad. Like the next time I will do good. So it's fine. The thing that is a tougher pill to swallow is like professionally when you're auditioning and like when you don't get those jobs that you really want, when you're very close to getting those jobs and then it like goes to someone else at the last second, um, those like almost. And then like, again, like even getting fired from a TV show, like those are the failures that are like really tough to that digest. That must have felt so big though. Cause you'd moved out for it that was rough. show. It was like at that point, what it was a very hard time for me. Yeah. yeah. Where, where are your feet? Like, are you, are you drinking to numb the pain like what no what, I don't how drink. do you process that okay no 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 um i i was sort of in shock and it was to me a thing where i felt dumb because i packed everything like i took this job that took me to la and i was like this is a de- this is destiny calling saying that i need to move to la yeah instead yeah. of just being like i'm gonna do that do the do my gig and then move back I was like, no, this is, and then when I did it, I was let go. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this was a waste of time. Like I, sh- I made the wrong decision. And as a matter of fact, I moved back to New York. Really? And I stayed there for maybe three weeks before I realized 
this was a mistake. Moving back felt like losing. I felt like I yeah, gave up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I can't do this. Also, I'm like very stubborn. Yeah. I'm an yeah. Aries that way. So like, I no, was you like- you realize that wasn't the last film job in Los Angeles yeah, exactly, that you got released exactly. from. There so, might be another one down exactly. the pike. So then I, I um, moved back because I was like this, I just felt like I gave up. I like yeah. gave up. So I was like, no, LA is not going to, uh, they can't, and I think it, that's that's how I avoid failure. It's like I can't allow them to tell me how to feel about something. They can tell me no. They can tell me that I'm not good enough or like whatever. But like that's just professionally speaking. They cannot let me be affected that that deeply. Yeah. So I yeah. learned. I learned. I learned my lesson with that experience of like no matter how many failures, no matter how quote unquote bad it is in terms of professionally not doing great. Like I can't let them have that much power over me. I'm still doing my own thing. I'm still like thriving, doing my own projects. I'm still keeping myself busy. I still have agency over my life. Do you feel like you've made it at this point or is it a moving goalpost? I think I'm making it is so I never think in those terms. Okay. okay. Um, most mainly because I, all of all of this is accidental. I never wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. I never wanted to be a comedian when I was a kid. That wasn't like a goal that I had. I wanted to be a dancer. I had a dance injury, stopped me from dancing, discovered improv because I had stage fright. Mm-hmm. And now it to me it's like the it's 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 I it's not like in that level of like have I made it because I I don't know what my end goal is. My end goal is like whatever it ends up being, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I don't have like, uh, like an end, like a sort of like the finish line. There is no finish line for me. I'm not even, to me, I'm not even like in the race. I'm just like, I'm just running to run. (laughs) It's a huge, it's a huge relief to hear you say that. And, and what sounds like it's coming from a place of strength. Cause I've been spending the last year or so saying like, I don't know what my end goal is. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I like this. There's a ghost where an end goal is supposed to be. Because we've been trained to do that. We've been trained to be like, you want to be successful. Well then where is that? Where is it? Where's, where's the peak of this mountain? You know, but by doing that, we for, we're, we're forgetting that we're like climbing a mountain. Like, are you serious? Like, yeah, you're look missing at the us. whole forest. Like look you're at, missing the, the hike. Yeah. Look at where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. are we miserable right now? How are we like f- stressing out about where we are in life? To me, I feel incredibly lucky that there are people out there that are listening to just literally anything that I have to say. Right. And mm-hmm. like. And people seem interested. And the, you know what I mean? Like that to me, that's crazy to me. That's cra- That's so wild to me. And I'm the luckiest person on the planet for that, to have the privilege to be doing this. You know, I'm not like starving. I can afford rent. Like it, everything is great. I have nothing to complain about. But of course I'm going to complain about something, you know? Well, what? Um, I mean, it, there's always stuff to improve. Sure, of course. But even, even if there's joy yes. permeating every day of your life, but there if, are always yeah. ways to improve exactly. yourself and the world around but you. You have That's- to remember that you, where you are now, 
You have to remember the now. People don't do that. People are so obsessed with the future, the then, the then, or the back then, right? That people live in the past of like things was so much better back then. You know, no one's for, no one's remembering about the now. Like, wait, where am I now? Stop comparing every. Literally, stop comparing everything. Stop comparing yourself to where you were ten years ago, where you're gonna be in ten years, to other people. Like, stop doing that. Just take a moment, be present and analyze and celebrate who you are right now. People just forget to do that. And to me, that's that's how I stop getting, like, you know, that's how I stop getting in my head and like beating myself up over things that I don't get or whatever. I have to take a moment and be like, I'm fine. I'm okay. This is great. The fact that I'm able to go out for like these jobs is, not everyone is doing it. Yeah, so like, yeah. that's great, you know? I don't want you to ever stop talking, but I'm worried we're going to pull something from the fishbowl. Like, you know, oh. what's your favorite sex toy after that monologue? Like it's just, I don't know that we can top it because it, it's, it came from such a pure and emotional place that um, you want to wind down. Yes. And there is no stress on the Disney Vault podcast. I promise all of you. It is There's no stress in this podcast either. Thank you for saying that. You're a, you're a, a very gentle person. Um, where is our wind down music? I'm lost. Oh, there it is. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I have been your host, Jesse Kester. I will continue to be Jesse Kester as long as I live. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on the web at hwfishbowl, that's for Instagram and Twitter, or www.hollywoodfishbowl.com. But it is not about us, it is about our guest, Oscar Montoya. Where can people find you? You can find me on social media at Ozzymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, on Instagram and Twitter. Also, you can listen to my podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, and my other podcast, This Is What Democracy Pod's Like wherever you listen to podcasts. We've got about 36 seconds left of music. Now, I have one final question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you think I had forgotten your name? My name? And that is why you jumped in with your name at the end. <laughs> no, you okay. set, you sort of... I did set like it up. Like a good like, volleyball layup. Yeah, you set it okay, up for okay, me so okay. I can spike Okay, it. I was worried. It, you were like, I got to save this fool. Not <laughs> this at all. incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. You're not going to say goodbye? Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I don't. laughs>